of the year is um, a new sport that I've I've taken on. I've taken on, on the sport of sprint canoe this year, um, which is a pretty wild, a pretty wild thing. I um, over the course of the pandemic, I was really craving more outdoor time and that sort of thing. I watched the Olympics, and after I watched that particular event, I turned to my husband and I was like, "I think I could do that." And so I've actually become a sprint canoeer now. This is it's my thing. I do it. <laughs> Wow, I didn't even know that was a thing. Like, and how do you sprint with a canoe? Was a canoe pretty heavy, right? Well, it's actually a very tiny canoe that's specifically designed for for racing, and so it's like just a little bit wider than your body, and it feels like it's specifically designed to throw you into the lake. Like that's the main purpose of it. <laughs> what? And, uh, yeah, and you're in a kneeling lunge the whole time, so like one foot in front, one foot behind, and you're on one knee, and then you're digging in. <laughs> Uh, oh, oh my gosh, that is wow! How long have you been doing that for now? Just this year, just this year. I figure it's a very normal thing to take up in your early forties. Like, why not? <laughs> <laughs> well, I am turning forty next year, so um, I might, I might just join that club. That <laughs> like, but... <laughs> all right. Um, let's get right to this interview. Um, can you share a little bit about your success and how you um, decided to start uh, your business as the boundary queen? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I mean, I, I really came by this quite honestly in that my own life experience, this is kind of like the big lesson that I've needed in my own life. You know, and I think that that often happens, especially in the coaching industry, we find our, our niche quite often by, you know, landing on the lesson that we most need ourselves. Um, and so it kind of started from that place. And over the years of the various different types of jobs that I had, I recognized that, you know, the thing missing for women, especially, I know people of all genders for sure, but especially for women, is this ability to put ourselves on our priority list, you know, mm -hmm. and allow ourselves to take up space, to allow ourselves to have needs um, and to express those those needs and desires. Um and so, like, if I sort of rewind a number of years, I I left my corporate job initially half a lifetime ago um, and went into the fitness industry. And that was where I was having these conversations. You know, I'm helping women to um, reclaim their health and uh, embrace a healthy lifestyle. But more often than not, the stuff that was getting in the way was their ability to defend their time, you know, to be able to follow through on the priorities that they set for themselves. Um, and so I got really curious about that. I was like, okay, so what would, what would it look like? What would the world be like if we normalized women saying no because they've got other stuff to do? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So um, so that's really the, the motive for, um, you know, for this particular topic and why it's so near and dear to me. And I, I really do think that ultimately it is my feminism in action, right? Like this, yeah. is, this is my contribution towards the world in which I want to live. Um, yeah. So, I, mean, I love that so much. So have you been an entrepreneur since um, like out of the corporate world since um, like 20 years ago? How long has it been? Yeah, I've, uh, let me see here, going on 20 years, probably like 17 years of entrepreneurship. Yeah, I started off having my own, my own fitness business, like personal training and yoga and that sort of thing. Um, yeah. It, it evolved over time to to incorporate more life coaching techniques and and that sort of thing. And so and that's one thing that I really love about about the way that the business has evolved as well is that it has truly evolved. And I've landed in this place where I can now marry all of these 
uh, various modalities that I've dabbled in over the course of my life and really, um, really integrated and allow them to serve this one particular mission now. I love that. And can you share some of your biggest wins in your business over mm -hmm. the 20 years? Yeah. Okay. So this one might, I don't know if it's a really typical kind of a win to share, but it's, it's one that's meaningful to me. So I'll start there. Um, I think that leading with my values has probably been one of my biggest wins. Um, and I say that because I think it's so common and easy and natural to perhaps leave the corporate world to try to build something for yourself, but then accidentally recreating all the same conditions, even though you're, you're your own boss, right? Um, and so for me, it's really about, uh, like the thing that I, that I really honor the most is this idea that I believe in a world where well-being comes first. And so if I'm going to walk that talk, then that's something that I've, I've got to do for myself within the way that I run my business, within the way that, um, that I conduct myself. And so I think it's a slippery slope and it's maybe easier said than done. Um, and I do see a lot of, a lot of entrepreneurs struggling with that, right? Like you, you think that you're, you have a toxic boss, so you leave and then you're like, well, I'm even worse than I treat myself worse than my own boss used to, right? Yeah. So Ooh, that's so true. I think a big part of being an entrepreneur is our self-care and how we treat ourselves. Absolutely. Absolutely. For sure. And yeah. the, other, the other thing that I wanted to mention as well in terms of, of a win is, um, and again, this might be a little bit non-traditional to share, but um, allowing my business to reveal itself to me, you know, allowing things to unfold because I'm really in my heart, I'm a pretty type A kind of a person. And sure. so, um, you know, it would be easy for me to fall into the trap of thinking that I needed to have it all figured out first or to follow a really kind of a rigid path. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, allowing this path to unfold and trusting the things that I was drawn to and trusting that there would then be this Venn diagram where things would come together and it would be my own unique expression um, mm -hmm. is a really re rewarding thing. And it's been really, really liberating. I love that. And because you've been doing this for so many years, like what inspires you? What motivates you? Oh, that's a good one. I really just think that, again, this commitment to the idea that well-being comes first, it's like we've got this one life, you know, um, mm -hmm. and in the time that we're here, it's 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 easy to get caught up in, you know, following a traditional path or trying to get immediate needs met. But I'm, I'm really curious about, you know, what is, what can our contribution be to our culture? You know, how can we, how can we be of service to other people? And, and within that, you know, really what is the world that we want to create together? What matters? Yeah, that's amazing. I love that. Making a difference in this world and helping others is a huge thing for sure. I love that. And so let's get into the fun questions here about a little bit more about what you do and boundaries. So let's do it. In order for us to live a healthier life, we need to obviously set healthy boundaries. So can you explain a little bit about what they are exactly? Absolutely. So um, I'll start with with what healthy boundaries aren't necessarily, but I think it's what people often first think about. Um, so when we when we think about boundaries and when I see conversations happening online about boundaries, so often it's at that moment that it's like you're already done and so you've got to drop the hammer and you know place that rigid boundary in place. And there's absolutely a time and a place for that sort of thing, you know, like when you can't tolerate things anymore and you need to be able to draw that line in the sand. 
Um, and I, I think a lot, a lot of people end up in that position, though, because they don't necessarily have the skills and the resources that they need to engage with those courageous conversations along the way that could happen earlier in order to maybe preserve relationships or deepen relationships or, you know, not cut us off from opportunity. So so that being said, we're starting with this idea that I think we can get lost in the idea of a rigid boundary being the one definition of a healthy one. Um, that sort of sets me up to say that ultimately, I think that the biggest opportunity lies in our ability to develop what's called flexible boundaries. And the idea with flexible boundaries being healthy is that essentially it's that willing, it's the ability to tune into your own needs and to stand, stand for that, you know, stand for your needs and your desires, while at the same time having space for other people's needs and desires too, and being willing to engage on that level, right? So like compromising a little bit? Potentially, potentially, right? Or coming up with some new solution that didn't even occur to either person in the first place until you had this this uh, growth oriented conversation that en- enabled you to find a new place, a new place to land. Right. Yeah. So I, I really think, you know, having that um, having that willingness to be vulnerable and to speak up about what your needs are. Um, yeah. It's like it's a journey, obviously, it's uh, especially if you're starting from a place of, you know, being accustomed to suppressing your own needs or desires or, you know, being willing to suck it up for other people or being the one who's going to make sure that there isn't any conflict or what have you. Um, they can be a tough thing to do, but essentially that's that's where our liberation lies, right? And I mean, this is how we avoid burnout. On the one hand, that's sort of like the, probably the most pressing issue in, in the short term for people is, is your boundaries are going to help you to, to avoid burnout. But then there's another beautiful thing about it, too, that's not just about avoiding something bad happening, but it deepens our relationships. It allows us to be more intimate with people. Um, and actually, it carves out the opportunity for like a true sense of belonging, right? Because if you're already, if you're always suppressing your truths, if you're not telling the truth about what it is that you want and you need for the sake of preserving a relationship, like how authentic is that relationship really? You know, it's it's not really a sense of um, having a safe place to land. Whereas if you give people the opportunity to to meet you in that place of vulnerability when you express those those needs and those desires, then that's where the magic can happen. Absolutely. And I think um, a lot of the time when we, let's say, like, I guess when we're people, when we're trying to please people all the time, um, I think like a lot of us don't even realize that we are like, we don't understand that this is like kind of where, where we're at in our minds. And how do we kind of like understand like because like you said, it leads to burnout, right? Like you can totally burn out if you're trying to please everybody around you. Yeah. So how that we could actually like recognize that in the, in the moment, like, is it, uh, is there a moment for most people when, when they come to realize that they are in this pattern with mm-hmm. other? I love this question because, you know, that really is where the, the rubber beats the road. It's like, how do we, how do we even know that we're doing it in the first place? How do we wake yeah. up from the trance, right? Yeah. Um, and I think that there are a few key ways that um, that we can start to do that. So our emotions are uh, like smoke signals, right? So you're like anger and resentment, for instance, very, very potent um, smoke signals when it comes to your relationship with your boundaries. So if you find yourself starting to feel angry, resentful, or like we were saying before, um, leaning towards burnout, then that's a good indicator that it might be time to get curious about you know, what you're telling yourself about how available you need to be or whether or not it's okay to say no. 
right? Mm-hmm. So I think that's the first, I think that's probably the first and the quickest way is to really tune into what's happening, like from the neck down, you know, like what, what's rising up within you, um, yeah. you know, when you, when you tune into these situations. Um, and that's, that's probably the first step that's going to help you to build awareness. It's kind of like noticing your, your anger and resentment, noticing your patterns, like how quickly are you the one to concede or to, you know, to overgive. What is funny, because one spot that I see this happening too is um, like, and it could be particularly relevant for entrepreneurs is this idea of like, if you're negotiating a deadline um, with a colleague of mine recently, I, I saw her volunteering for an aggressive deadline that nobody asked for. You know, it's like she was, she was allowed to say whatever the, whatever the date was going to be. And, um, you know, when she said, I was like, why would you do that? Why would you make yourself work on Sunday? Like, oh, stop it. Uh, you know, but to your point, to your point, I think um, it really is a habit, right? It's something that we are, we're accustomed to doing. And just like any other habit, especially when we're stressed out, that's what we're going to default to. That's what we're going to automatically do. So it really takes this kind of pause and stepping back and tuning into how we're feeling about our commitments. That's so true. Oh my gosh, for sure. And so how do we set those boundaries exactly and stop people pleasing and have those healthier relationships? And how do we handle like the different challenges that we might face along the way? Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, we're just going to do this real quick, right? It's a, it's definitely a, a skill building exercise for sure. But we start from that place of awareness, right? So that's sort of like the pre-work is to get curious about about what's going on there. And then I think there are three main buckets or three main components to how you actually move through this process. You know, you realize, okay, I'm setting myself up for resentment and I want to make a change. How do I go about it? Mm-hmm. Number one is to start looking at your mindset. So the I like to say you've got to stop shooting on yourself because if it feels as bad as it sounds... Yeah. So like I should always be available to other people. I should say yes, all of that sort of stuff. Noticing what you're telling yourself um, Mm -hmm. in these situations where you end up feeling kind of annoyed um, is step one. So having a look at your beliefs. Um, Step two, and it it loops back to something we were saying earlier, is to really sense your truth. Right. I think that we're quite accustomed to suppressing ourselves in order to like go along to get along kind of a thing. But the more you're able to give yourself space, like just in your own bubble, you know, don't have to do anything about it yet. But within your own bubble, can you just give yourself space to be honest with yourself about what it is that you really want to do? It's like if you knew that everybody would be happy about it, what would what would your answer be? Right. And and to feel that in your body, because you can you can feel the restriction when it's something that, you know, is truly a no for you, even though you're saying yes to it. And you can feel that expansion or relief or, you know, it shows up differently for different people. Then really getting, you know, getting attuned to those those sensations. And I think we need to spend, you know, a good deal of time on that stuff because that's essentially the the idea of embodied boundaries and really kind of having it in your bones so that when you show up to have a conversation that's maybe going to challenge the status quo, that you feel you feel as comfortable as possible with it. You feel quite at ease with yourself and what's what's true for you, right? Yeah. So, the language is important too. Absolutely, the communication skills around how to have that kind of a conversation, what what to say, uh, yeah. 
But essentially, the the more comfortable that we can get in terms of making space for what it what's actually true for us, what it is that we act, what our capacity is, what our limits are, what we want for ourselves, the easier it will become to communicate that stuff down the road. Yeah, definitely. And I guess something that I've learned along the way too, especially as a, as an entrepreneur, and there's a lot on our shoulders in terms of like decision making, right? Like <laughs> that's the thing about not having a boss. It's like you know, the boss would make all the decisions for you just do. But as an entrepreneur, you make those decisions. And sometimes the decisions that you make aren't exactly going to please everybody, right? And some people are going to, they're not going to be happy and they're going to let you know about it. So it's it's a very scary thing. And I think a lot of us too, sometimes it's it's hard to say no to these types of people, I guess, maybe with the stronger personalities who want, they know what they want, they know what they want from you. So any any tips around that? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think you're you're really bringing up something quite poignant here because I think ultimately I think the two things that prevent us from following through um, the number one is fear, um, like just from the inside out sort of a thing, right? Like that lack of being comfortable um, speaking up, and then on the other hand, there is going to be pushback, right? There you can pretty much guarantee <laughs> that this is this is not a one and done situation, right? Just yeah. like just like People pleasing is a habit, and it's something that becomes ingrained. Essentially, what we want to do is to replace that habit with a new habit of healthy boundaries and, and communicating your needs and being, um, you know, being open to having those conversations. So, um, so I think that in situations where you're receiving feedback or receiving pushback from people, um, mm-hmm. that's exactly what it is: is an opportunity to get curious and to engage. Right. So there's not necessarily like one little tied up in a bow kind of an answer but yeah first of all it's like you want to make sure you're not telling yourself that because you received pushback that means you shouldn't have done it or that means that you were wrong right it doesn't mean that it just means that someone else has a different perspective or they're accustomed to the way things used to be and so it's going to take time just like anything else in order to create that shift that's true and we might all not everybody's gonna vibe with with you right like this uh different types of I guess, personalities out there. And the more you get out there too, as an entrepreneur and you expose yourself to more people, then obviously you're going to have more of these conversations that you're going to have to really stand strong in what you truly believe in. I guess that's what you said. The first point is like, what do you believe in? What are your values? What do you stand for? Stand for something, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think at the end of the day, again, this is as we're having this conversation, it's kind of um, bringing up the feeling of the difference between that rigid boundary versus a flexible boundary, right? Because I can even feel like in myself, I can feel the tendency when you're talking about like someone giving you pushback, I feel myself getting more rigid, right? Like I kind of just want to harden up and and create a stronger outer shell so that I can defend myself against that push pushback. But again, if we can take that opportunity and again, sometimes you do need to be firm. That makes a lot of sense. But other times, you know, it it really is an opportunity to say, oh, interesting. Can you say more about why that matters to you? Or can you tell me more about, you know, your perspective on this? Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can open up the conversation, right? So rather than it being like, you know, no is a full sentence and that's <laughs> that's the end of the story. Um, but can you continue <laughs> to engage with someone even yeah. when you're in a place of setting your boundary? And I think, again, that's when the magic really happens. And when you when you of, often deepen your relationships as well, right? Because as an entrepreneur, that relationships are it. Like that's, <laughs> you couldn't do 
<laughs> relationships. So, um, yeah. So I, I think essentially, um, you know, I my one of my intentions is to help people be a little bit more aware of when they feel perhaps drawn to drawing a rigid boundary when maybe that's not what they need to do. It doesn't even require a rigid boundary in many cases. Yeah. One one uh, boundary that I set for myself as being a busy mompreneur, I just said to I just said, you know what? Weekends are family time. Like, sure, I might dabble a little bit in my work, but that'll be like on my own terms. But for the most part, it is just time for me. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Perfect. You know, it's so important to have that sense of business hours, right? It can uh, that it can really creep into the rest of your day, especially if you're if you're on your own, if you're doing it yourself at CC to just put yourself on the clock all the time, right? So good for you. I applaud you. I applaud you for your weekend boundary. That's great. <laughs> We're still so young too. Maybe when they get a little older, I'll have more time for me on the weekends. But <laughs> it's so busy. All right. Um, so next um, couple of closing questions I wanted to ask you. So for today, uh, what's the biggest lesson that you've learned along the way? It could be like in your business or um, just a tip that you want everybody to walk away with today. And thank you for everybody watching today. Absolutely. Yeah, it's great to see see all your names popping up there. Thank you so much for being with us, for joining us. Um, I think that in terms of the biggest lesson, hmm. The biggest lesson I think with, especially as it pertains to like the content of my work and the body of work is really this notion that boundaries really are an act of kindness, you know, being honest with somebody and giving them the opportunity to respond to your needs. Mm -hmm. It's actually a beautiful thing, you know, and I think that I know that for myself, I grew up thinking it wasn't nice (laughs) to rock the boat, you know, like it's kind to save people from, you know. Having to deal with whatever whatever it might be, mm-hmm. uh, but but ultimately, like when you start to step into that that place of giving yourself the space and the freedom to to live your boundaries and to communicate them, it really things really open up. You know, it's and it's it sounds kind of contradictory because the word boundaries in and of itself sounds like a restriction. It sounds like you know cutting cutting things off, but really, it's like within that space, so much can bloom. Definitely, definitely, for sure. I love that. So beautiful. So well said. Um, thank you so much today for all all of your expertise and sharing these wonderful tips about boundaries. And anybody watching today, can you share um, how we can stay in touch with you? Where do you Where do you like to hang out? How yeah. do we get hold of you? Yeah, this is the best spot right here on on Instagram. Is great. You can follow me at Boundary Queen. Yeah. Okay, awesome. Yeah, and I love your Instagram, by the way. So gorgeous. I love it. Oh, thank you. Done a great job. Thanks so much. All right. Well, thank you so much, Bridget. And uh, if anybody wanted to um, ask any questions, feel, please feel, feel free to leave them down below in the comments or uh, reach out to Bridget directly. And um, thank you so much again, Bridget, for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you as well. Really great to connect with you. Christine. Thank you. Have a good rest of your day. You too. Bye. Thanks for tuning in. If you'd like to join the ranks of inspiring women making waves on this series or learn more about becoming a VIP member with us, head over to torontoprofessionalwomen.com 
and get ready to take your career journey up a notch. 